millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me on this week's show as we gear up for our first home game of the season against Derby County uh, on Saturday. First up uh, is Welsh Wallin, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Excited because the Rams are coming, I'm guessing? Uh, well, something like that, yeah. The good, good, little, uh, good little Welsh joke there. But no, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, been a good week. So, uh, yeah, delighted that football's coming back to the Valley this weekend. It's been a while. Yeah been too long and also uh, joining us uh, looking forward uh, to the visit of uh, formerly Wayne Rooney's Derby County now not Wayne Rooney's Derby County sadly uh, is Lewis Cat. Hey, you Luke? Yeah I'm good mate thank you how are you? Yeah not too bad looking forward to the game? I am mate yeah I think it'll be good um, you know tough test on home soil um, back at the valley I'm sure it'll be a good atmosphere as well Saturday so yeah really really excited. Excellent stuff. So it will be a tough test. We're going to hear from Ben Garner uh, in a few seconds' time as we look ahead uh, to the game. We'll have a good long chat uh, about how we'd like to see things go uh, on Saturday. We've also got uh, any tweets and emails that have come in. Uh, we're going to talk about Jason Pierce. He's going to be commemorated uh, at the Valley on Saturday. A couple of other things uh, going around that we'll chat about. Also, we're going to hear from Corey Hancock uh, from the Rams Review uh, podcast. Uh, get a, a look ahead to the game from a Derby a County uh, point of view. So, Saturday, Derby first home game uh, of the season. Ben Garner starting to do his press conferences on Friday, uh, unfortunately, uh, this season. So, we're not going to have too much Ben Garner on these uh, preview shows. Uh, but he was asked uh, last Saturday uh, after the game against Accrington if this is a good game, a good time uh, to be playing Derby. Uh, we'll see. I, that's the way the fixtures have come out. Um, you know, we've had a tough first away game here. And we've got a really good first home game on paper. So we're looking forward to it. We'll have a good week's preparation and um, yeah, hopefully get that first that home team, win. Is that, are they a club that you'd, you'd expect to be up there at the end of the season? Or do you think they're in that transition through all the troubles about it? Yeah, you, listen, you never know. Uh, Budget-wise, I'd imagine they would be top end in the division. They've signed well, experienced players and, and players that have played above this level. So you'd expect them to be strong. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how the season pans out. And you're looking forward to your first home game with the home fans present in numbers? Yeah, can't wait. Uh, fantastic stadium. Uh, fantastic support of the football club. Hopefully we can kick off in the right way next week. And uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing the, the Valley in full voice. There we go. Ben Garner very much looking forward to his first at home at league game uh, in charge of the Addicts. Obviously had a little taste of it uh, against Swansea in that pre-season game a few weeks ago. Uh, but the real stuff uh, starts now. We had that 2-2 draw at Accrington on the opening day of the season. And now we look ahead to this game with, with a much fancied uh, Derby County, a Derby that have been through a lot of chopping and changing uh, throughout the summer, including, as I mentioned, of course, uh, the departure of the of the manager Wayne Rooney. They've had their own takeover. Uh, Liam Rossini is in charge now, son of former Cholton uh, Loney, uh, Leroy Rossini, of course. I bet you didn't even know he played for us on loan. Everyone out there, I think I've, I worked with him once, googled him, and found out he used to play for us 
when I didn't know. I think three games on, on loan for us. But yeah, his son, uh, Liam's in charge of uh, Derby County now. And I mean, it, it was a good question, actually, Tom, that was asked uh, of Ben Garner there by Rick Everett up at Accrington last week. I mean, is it a good time to be playing Derby, a team that, you know, have been through a hell of a, a lot and... You know, in, in the summer, when we at, at at the stage where they hadn't had their takeover yet, we thought they'd be turning up to the valley with about four players. So obviously, they they've thankfully had this takeover now. They've they've bought in a lot of bodies, and we, we'll hear all about that from from Corey later on in the show. But I, I guess we we have to be hoping there's still an element of that that squad starting to gel again. Yeah, I think so. I think probably realistically, I'm not sure there is going to be a good time to play Derby this season because. You look through that squad, and and it's you know it all but name. It's a championship squad, I think. Still, um, you take all that turmoil off the pitcher side last year, and they, they should probably shouldn't have got relegated. You look at the the run they went on during the middle of the season; they almost managed to get out of it. So, all of that sort of turmoil aside, and and you know they've come through the takeover. They're out of administration. They've signed some very very good players for this level. Uh, as I say, I don't think there necessarily is a good time to play them. What I would say is you don't want to play them at the end of the season when they're kicking on towards those top two places, if that's the way it goes. So, you know, it's probably the least bad time to play them, let's put it that way. But, yeah, you know, they got off to a good start last week. They got got a win. I know the goal came late, but, you know, Oxford have been down here a while and, and by no means an, an easy task. Um, and I'd imagine the, the thing about the Valley is it's going to feel very similar to, to a a championship stadium for them, you know, because I think they had 30, 30 odd thousand, didn't they, last weekend? Whereas I think we were playing in front of about 3,000 up at Accrington. So you'd imagine a big bumper crowd at the Valley. It's going to feel very familiar to them. Um, but you have to hope that, that what you said is true, that, you know, they're still sort of gelling that new side. I know Liam Rossini is, I think he's still caretaker, isn't he, for the moment? So there is still some uncertainty and we've just got to try and capitalise on that and, this is the first opportunity towards making the Valley a fortress, which if you want to get promoted, having a good home record is is kind of crucial. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, I spoke to Ed at BBC Radio Derby earlier and he was saying that there's, I think, there's only 100 tickets left in the away end. So a big old crowd coming uh, to cheer them on as well, Lewis. It will be interesting, actually, and that's a good point that Tom makes, is that we are not one of the smaller we're not one of those clubs that when you come down into league one it's a real eye-opener and you find out exactly what level you're at so I, 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 I agree with Tom they probably will feel a little bit more comfortable playing us than they would go at a Cheltenham or a, a you know an Aki like, like we did last week yeah I think so I think it's it's going to be a tough test you know I think Tom's hit the nail on the head I think it probably is a good time to play them because of the gelling and the some of the of transition that they've been through over the summer, you know that that takes time to recover from. Um, I don't think there's any any given right they're going to be up there at the end of the season. I think it, it's shown previously that that anything can happen in this league. Um, and despite where you've come from, I don't think it it means you're you're deserving of of getting promoted or anything like that. So I think they're going to have just as tough a test on Saturday as we are against them. You know, the first home game for us, a new manager, a new feel about the place, new style of football. Um, you know, I don't. I think they'll be fairly wary of, of coming to us. Um, but likewise, they have a hell of a lot of quality in that in their side, and some of the the business that they've done in this summer window. You know, the likes of Conor Hurahan is playing in the Premier League two seasons ago. Um, you know, fantastic footballer um, and someone at this level that I mean, you know, it's a fantastic signing. And there's a lot more quality in their side as well. So they've done well to recruit quickly. Obviously, it's been a turbulent time for them. 
Um, and obviously, I'm very happy they've come out the other side of it because um, nobody wants to see a club struggle. But, you know, it's going to be tough for them this season still. You know, this this league isn't easy for anybody. We we are probably one of the ones that know that the most, um, you know, coming down and, and being here for, what's this, our third season now since since relegation from the championship. Um, Sunderland only just managed to crawl out last season. So, you know, these bigger clubs do struggle when they come down here, uh, whether that shows the, in, the increase in quality uh, in the division or just as we touched on there, they're maybe sort of struggling at some of these smaller clubs and smaller grounds where it's maybe a little bit more intimidating. Um, yeah, you know, for it's going to be a familiar sort of setup for them at the weekend. Um, I think we'll have a big crowd as well. And it sounds like from what you say there, they're bringing pretty much a sellout away end. So I imagine the atmosphere is going to be very, very good and they'll probably fancy their chances. But but I fancy ours as well, especially um, at the Valley back by home crowd. Yeah, and is that significance of a home crowd for the first time uh, in the league this season? Uh, how, how important is it that we um, that, that we that we start strongly on home turf? You know, we had a, a mixed home record last season. I think ten wins, nine defeats, no, nothing to get carried away with. Um, lost two of the last three against Lincoln and, and Morecambe at the Valley. Uh, won three of the last five, if you put it that way, or you could say we won three of the last eight at home. It's, it, it was a mixed bag at home, certainly last season. How? how big is it that we try and make that ground a fortress for us and, and for Ben Garner as well considering his home form with Swindon last year was it was actually pretty poor uh, it was the away form where, where they really did well um, Swindon last season so for Ben I'm sure he'd be eager to, to make sure that, that he, he he makes the Valley a really difficult place to come and play or, or will that not really suit the way we're going to play teams will know how to defend it teams are going to know what to expect I think because managers are going to do their research but it's whether we can impose that and you know carry it through or not I think you are going to see teams defending deep and, and soaking up pressure I don't think Derby are one of those teams by the way but some of those smaller you know league one battle hardened teams that we were, were talking about a little bit earlier like at Accrington's probably are going to come here and just you know put the onus on us and say all right it's all well and good you passing it around but but break us down and I think that's been our problem the last few years with that is we haven't broken teams down. But I think under Garner, we're going to see that. He's obviously got those fans behind him who hopefully are going to stop shouting forwards, forwards and let him impose that style. But yeah, I think the home form is important. And uh, like you, I was looking at the home record uh, from last season just before the show because in my head, our home record was a lot better. But I think I must be thinking of the season before when actually it was must have been pretty good then. But I guess last year you got to caveat that by the fact we, we know we started badly and then towards the end, really, I think all of us had just written the season off anyway. Um, so, you know, there are there are reasons why it was as bad as it was. I think generally over the past few years, although I haven't got the numbers in front of me, we tend to do okay at home. Um, and as I say, with that bumper crowd, you've got to hope that we can, you know, have an effect on that. And I think we can. We've shown in the past we can as well. Um and we shouldn't. We've got to try not to be intimidated by Derby, as you both said. They're, they're bringing a lot of fans down, but you know we're going to have more fans there because it's a home game, and we have to try and use that to our advantage and yeah, play our game. Uh, you know, yes, they're Derby, and yes, they've got some quality players, but we just go there, play our game. I, I think we can give them a, a decent, a decent uh, fight of it. Yeah, if, funnily enough, our, our home form has been pretty poor for a long time, actually. So the season we finished just outside the playoffs, uh, where we ended the season with Nigel Atkins, we only won eight times at home. Uh, and if uh, I remember the season we got relegated from the championship, we also won eight times at home. So 
two very differing seasons, but uh, two very similar disappointing runs at home where we haven't been uh, the the best recently, which which is I'm I'm surprised about. Um, it's interesting. So we won 16 at home in the in the season we got promoted from League One, so double what we did a couple a couple of years ago when uh when we were just discussing that. Um, in terms of the the style of football, then so as I mentioned, I, I spoke to Ed at BBC Derby just before we came on here tonight. Um, and he was asking, he was asking about the style of play, and uh, the, the more I find myself talking about it, the more I'm turning into someone who's just thinking, "Oh God, we 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 do play it around at the back a lot," and and we we scored a really excellent goal, two excellent goals really on Saturday, um, but just in in the back of my mind, especially when I watched the extended highlights and I saw the amount of times we give the ball away on our edge of our own area, that that's still going to take some getting used to for me, Lewis. So. There's going to have to be that fine line between the fans and us being patient and letting them try it, and also the team knowing when to just turn around and hoof it when they're about to give away a goal. I guess. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm in that same party as you. To be honest, it was a bit sort of heart in mouth at the weekend at points, um, but it's a new style of play. I suppose it's going to take time to to bed in. Um, you know, the the defense. I think we spoke about it on Sunday's show. Um, you know, we're fairly fairly comfortable on on Saturday. I think there were a few a few hairy moments. Um, I thought some of our sort of existing players from last season, if you like, Sean Clare and and Ryan Innes, they they actually adapted to the system very well, um, which is promising to see. Because I think the main worry for me was how we would get players from last year's squad that remained to play this new style if they were capable of doing so. So to see two of them really stand out on Saturday. I mean, Ryan Innes was. Well, the most aerial jewels in the in the division. I think nineteen aerial jewels he won at the weekend, which is outstanding. I thought he looked quite comfortable at the ball with his feet as well. And and Sean Clare um, was comfortable, you know, as he was last season. Um, so I think we've got we've got players of quality that can definitely adapt. But I think you're right; it is definitely going to take time. And my biggest worry is that you know it was it's fair enough doing it away at Accrington and maybe getting away scot free but if you if you're doing it at a club like derby um or against a club like derby with a striker you know as as prolific as he has been in in James Collins um you might not be as lucky um fairly as you know a bit more clinical so yeah i think it's something we need to iron out and the thing that does frustrate me is when we do sort of persist with that style of play is that if we are under pressure we don't just get rid of it because i think fans would be forgiving of that if you're under pressure from the opposition you do hoof it long and, and it goes out for a throw in just past the halfway line you don't grumble as much if if you start passing balls across the box to try and sort of play your way out of trouble and, and you get caught out and concede a goal it's obviously much worse so yeah I think it's going to take some time um, and there's definitely going to be some you know some probably deep breaths needed on on Saturday if we do make some similar mistakes um, that we did uh, up at Accrington on Saturday but you just got to hope that that we adapt quickly because this league's fairly unforgiving. So if we do end up conceding chances, especially a side that at the moment aren't maybe creating as many chances as we'd like to, you know, maybe let's focus on creating our own chances rather than gifting them to the opposition. <laughs> I think that would be that'd be the best thing to do. So yeah, we need we need to adapt quickly. I think. Yeah, do, do, I, I guess to an extent, then the the crowd we will play a part in that on, on Saturday, Tom, because. I don't know if we're nervous. Will that translate onto the pitch, or, or you know, I guess we will be nervous because something nerve-wracking has happened, and, and we've given away the ball or something. It, it is, it is fascinating to see where he where he finds that fine line, isn't it? And, and knowing knowing when to to keep possession and, and try and 
you know, force the, the, the opposition forward and, and then pick them off when, when, when the gaps appear and knowing when to just not take the chance. And, and um, I, I guess Ben Ben will be trying to get into them. He wants them to take as many chances as possible. Yeah, 100%. And the only time I've seen us live so far was, was the Dartford game. And obviously the opposition isn't isn't going to be quite the same on Saturday, but we did move the ball around very well there and we looked very calm at the back and, and as I say I know the the opposition was very different but it looked like he was getting his philosophy across already and I'll go back to something I said last week which is if you know that your manager will take the heat for you if that style of play makes a mistake that gives you confidence to to continue to try it and so I think that's the positive step I think the negative step if I go back to Ben Garner more generally is when Swindon played, I think it was Man City in the FA Cup, certainly a decent side down at, at their home, their, their home ground. There was, um, they were continuing to do it against City, and they did get picked off, and they continued to do it and continued to do it. Now, ultimately, they were probably going to lose that game anyway. So again, you know, if if Ben Garner came out after that game and said, you know, I asked them to play that way, so I take that, then fair enough. But I, I suppose my concern is. Yeah, it's that fine line, as you say. If we make two or three mistakes in the first 15, 20 minutes, does he completely abandon that philosophy for the rest of that game? Or does he just get them to persist? And ultimately, I don't necessarily think there's a right answer because it all just depends on what happens in the game. But look, more generally, I'm excited that we've got that style of play now. I know that was what Thomas kind of banged on about over the summer when he brought him in, but... As I say, I have seen it in patches both last season and, and a little bit over pre-season. I think it's a, it's interesting, it's exciting, um, but it is going to have us on the edge of our seat. And you're right, the crowd will be nervous when, when things like that happen. But, I mean, we were frustrated last year, none more so than Nathan, when Fanwo was clipping it up the line every five minutes. So, you know, it, there's always going to be criticism. There's always going to be things we're not happy with with the playing style. But ultimately, the the final score is what's going to decide whether we're we're kind of happy or not at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Sorry, Tom. No, no, no. That's fine. You go. Yeah. Uh, one of the positives from from Saturday, as I mentioned, there's the goals we scored were excellent, uh, particularly the first one. Um, did uh, I still feel again? And I'm going off stats. A very rare occasion that I miss a game, but I feel like we didn't create as much as as I was expecting last week. Um, I was trying to think like would would one of the changes we want to think about is getting pain on the pitch somehow on Saturday do you think that could make a change and I mean what would be is there anyone out at that midfield you take off because Fraser scored a goal you know Dobbo's Dobbo you wouldn't tend to get rid of your sort of more defensive operator in in that midfield so Morgan's the one who's had quite a good pre-season and and I I don't know how he got on Saturday but I mean is, is there a temptation to dare I say upgrade you know it's a really difficult one um i mean you're right we didn't create enough on on saturday and i think i think ben garner would be disappointed with that because of the the amount of chances he created you know game by game with swindon i think we we had 11 shots on saturday compared to atkinson's 23 or something like that i think only three of those were on target and obviously two of them are goals so we, we didn't really create a huge amount that was that was that threatening other than the goals um which will be a frustration and i think you know, Ben will have to look at it and see if there can be any more creativity taken from that midfield. Um, I personally thought Albie um, had a had quite a good game. I think I think Scott Fraser, you know, was scoring the goal. It's obviously important because I think I said Sunday we need our midfielders to start contributing when it comes to scoring the goals. But I mean, apart from that, for me, didn't really do 
as much. Um, and I thought Job, uh, George Dobson was fairly quiet. I think it's a new system for him, but that's not to say he had a bad game. I just didn't see as much of him. But maybe that's credit for us not being in the position where he has to, you know, make a sixty-yard run back and slide tackle to stop a, us conceding a goal. Um, I thought Payne was excellent when he came on. Um, so I would like to see him in the team, um, but it's it's making that change and how we make that change. I, I think it may be slightly too early still to bring him in from the start. I think if I was if I was being honest, I'd probably keep it the way it was Saturday. Um, the only change I might make is maybe bring Miles in from the start, but obviously that leaves us short with with options to bring off the bench up top if needed. Um, so it's a yes, yeah, a difficult one because I, I think Payne's incredibly dangerous. Um, you know, we we managed to secure his services, which is which is a fantastic acquisition for us. I think he's creative. I saw the club put out a video today of him scoring another ridiculous free kick that absolutely no keeper has a chance in saving. So he's obviously got that in the locker as well when it comes to contributing with goals and also with the assist, as we saw Saturday with his with his great ball in for for miles. So yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think we've become fairly subscribed in midfield now. Gilby on the bench on Saturday wasn't even used. You know, there's a lot of players there fighting for positions and I think Jack Payne probably is our most creative it's just how you get him into that midfield at the moment because it would probably as you say be harsh to take Fraser out because he got the goal uh, and for me I'd I'd find it quite harsh to take Albie out because I thought he had one of his better games for us on Saturday and he looks a little bit more settled in this Ben Garner system so yeah it'll be interesting to see what what Ben's thinking is on that at the weekend. Mm, yeah, and well, I mean, Lewis, Lewis mentioned it there. Miles Leeburn, obviously off the bench to to score on Saturday. Um, you know, not that we want to get carried away, but you know, let's get carried away a little bit. He is still young, but uh, there'd be no greater story than if he turned out to be the the player that, that makes a massive difference this season. Obviously, the risk is you throw him in too early, and 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 he has a difficult run of games. You know, we saw with. Um, with, with Mason Burstow last year, even even if you pick up the odd goal, it can be hard to affect games. Um, I mean, is is there a, a shout for him to start? You got DJ and Blackett Taylor either side of Stockley, or I mean, he, he could even play central along instead of Stockley as well. Is 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 probably still too early? I'd suggest that that we're in that position where we need to think about that that change already. But it would be a lovely story if he if he's if he is actually ready to start games, and we didn't realise. I think he probably feels like he's ready, but I completely agree with you. I think protect him at all costs uh, at this stage in his career. I think if he can come off the bench and have that sort of impact, you know, like uh, someone like Russo has done for the the women's team in the Euros, for example, you know, there were calls for her to come in time and time again because she was the one that was coming on and scoring. But they had starters and they had finishers in that team and it worked. And I think we're going to be the same. You know, DJ for for the disappointing season he had last year, very experienced. Corey, you know, towards the back end of last year, looked very good. And I think Kirk is one of those that's had a decent pre-season, although I know there's now talk of him potentially going. But for me, keep Lieburn on the bench. And if he keeps coming off the bench and scoring, well, brilliant. Let's keep him doing that. Um, I don't feel unless there's an injury or or anything like that, that we should be playing him. And and as I say, that's no criticism of him at all. I think he's done excellently through pre-season obviously fairy tale start for him to come off the bench and score last week but I just think we need to protect him as you say we've had that with Burstow we've had that with Carl and we've had it with Joe Piggott you know we can reel off all these players that have uh, have struggled when they've been forced to play in the team for a long period of time so no I'd be careful with him I'd let him bide his time if you were going to change it up maybe you bring Kirk in instead um, instead of one of the others um, but no I think uh, 
for me, Lee Byrne on the bench and coming off for now is the way to go. Because arguably, if, if you know he goes another two or three games where he comes off the bench and disappoints, fair enough. You then take him out the limelight for a bit. He's young. No one's going to bat an eyelid about that. But I think at home to Derby, probably one of the toughest home games we're going to have. I think chucking him in from the start is a big risk. Uh, and it might mm. pay off, but I don't think it's one we need to take at this stage. Yeah, one of the most enjoyable things over the last few, like the last week or so, is how many how many people it turns out outside of Charlton know who Cole Leeburn is. I always thought he was properly like a Charlton cult player, and like no one, no one would really know who he was unless you're like a Wimbledon fan where he, where he ended up playing. But I mean, I've had I've had mates tweeting me who aren't you know aren't Charlton fans saying, "Oh, is that he related to Cole Leeburn and things like that?" It's a gen- genuinely amazing. Uh, are, are we actually, and have we actually always been massive, Lewis? A hundred percent, of course we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great story, you know, seeing how, how well Miles is doing. Um, I think he said it perfectly on sun, uh, Sunday's show that he maybe didn't get the um, the sort of stories last season because of just how outstanding Daniel Carney was. Um, you know, we all know that, that Miles has been knocking around the academy for some time and I think there's always been that excitement for him to, to break through and see what happens because of his dad. Um, and to see him come through this pre-season has obviously been a real you know, a real joy to watch. Um, and it was great to see him among the, among the first team on Saturday. Um, and yeah, fairy tale stuff when he comes on and scores that goal. I mean, that, that away and went into absolute raptures. It was, it was ridiculous. And I think it's, it's a really, really nice story. A, you know, a really positive thing for our club to have is somebody with the, the family links that he does, you know, following in the footsteps of his dad and scoring on his chart and debut, you know, it's, it was it was perfect, bar the last minute equaliser. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm with Tom massively. I, I I'm really I'm I'm weary of uh, wary of of him maybe not, you know, sort of being protected because of the the reliance that we're going to have on him because of the injuries uh, to Chucks and you know the fitness concerns there. We don't know when he's going to be back, so there is going to be some kind of you know, reliance on him and, and with reliance does come expectation. You know, if Miles keeps coming on and making impacts and scoring the goals, you know, naturally people are going to start thinking, oh, it's all right. Miles is playing today. He'll score, he'll score. And he's still so young. Um, so there's definitely, you know, there's, there's patience required within our team. There's also some patience required with Miles because, you know, he will have games where he's maybe not fully at the races and that's natural at his age. Um but I think it's a real credit to to him and his family. You know the hard work he put in in preseason to put himself in the in the first team picture, and and he's you know proven why he should be there at the moment. And um, yeah, you know I want him protected because you don't want to burn him out because he is still so young. Um, but at the same time, it's it's exciting to have a talent like him at the football club doing as well as he is, and with those family ties, it, it feels really really special. Lovely stuff. Right, let's have a break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. We'll look ahead uh, further to the game with Derby uh, shortly, but after the break, we're going to start talking about uh, our transfer business still to be done in the summer. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Cullen have scored. With seconds remaining, we've done it all. Guess it! Come on! What a time to be here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Derby County at the Valley. Don't forget we'll be back on Sunday to uh, look back at whatever happens uh, during that game. Make sure you get your emails and your tweets in. Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet us uh, at Charlton Live if you want to have your say on a future podcast. Uh, let us know what you think of the game uh, with Derby over the weekend. Let us know what you think of the uh, the transfer business we've done so far uh, this summer. Uh, how you, uh, you know where you think we're going to finish this year? Are we a promotion team? Was what I asked last week, and the, I'd I'd still say very few people seem to think that we are, and I'm still in that in, in that bracket, unfortunately. Um, but uh, who who knows where we'll end up by the end of the summer? Right, one um, way we could try and ensure that we we will uh, become a team that is in the promotion mix up is. Some more transfer business. Got a bit quiet. I mean, Richard Corley's gone on holiday, which doesn't help, uh, Tom. Um, but we, we still a bit short striker. I mean, I don't know if if the the emergence of Miles Lieburn has changed that at all. Um, but that that's still a position people have spoken about. I mean, is that top of your priority list? Is there still somewhere else that we, that we need to improve between now and the, and the end of the window? You know, based on what we've seen so far this season. I think for me, yeah, striker and, and another wide player. I think if it looks like we're going with this four-three-three. Um, you know, it remains to be seen what happens with Kirk. But even if we kept him, I think having him, DJ, Corey, and Miles is good. But I, I still think I'd like one more again to take reliance off off Lieburn, uh, If you know, for any reason, his form starts to to tail off. Um, and up front, I, I don't think we should be relying on Jaden for the whole season. Um, not just because it's not fair on him. I think also if he's got no one really pushing him, and I know Chucks will come back, but without anyone really pushing him, then you don't want him to drop off. And also you want to be able to do something different up there every now and again when the game plan's not working. So, yeah, there are two areas. I also think fullback, we we could do a little bit more. Um, I know we've got injuries in that position at the moment. Obviously, Sean Clare playing right back again, which I know he's very comfortable doing, but I think we we'd look for maybe some strength there as well. It sounds like, and I suspect if there is any more business to be done, it will probably be loans. Um, but yeah, I just think some, some more cover there would be good. And I think Nath made a good point last last week around particularly the striker. You know, we're, we're not going to go out and spend a million on a striker that's going to play back up to, to Jaden Stockley. So you probably are looking for somebody to come in and, and be a, a loanee. And of course, that comes with its own risks because, you know, they, they might, if they're coming from a, a league or two above, they might be slightly more unproven but 
you know what, that's not a bad thing. I think we're well stopped in most places. I think just having that that backup is essential because what last three, four, five years that we've been doing this pod at some point in the season, at least once, injuries have been a problem. Um, and probably, uh, I'll touch wood here, but probably central midfield is the only place where we're not going to run out of players because we've got about 100 in that position, as Lewis mentioned earlier. But I can imagine at some point this season, all the other areas are going to struggle. So, yeah, I think striker and wide player priority and maybe maybe a couple of fullbacks as well. But I guess it depends on what finances we've got and, and who's available because you don't just want to get someone in for the sake of it. Mm, yeah, uh, I mean, is there any strikers you've got your eyes on there, Lewis? Then I know we, we were talking during the week about apparently Harry McCurdy uh, was being a bit cheeky on, on Instagram or something, but um, whether that's a realistic option, I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, you know, a bit of a one has he been a one season wonder? Would he be the sort of player you want? Could he be the next Nicky or Jose for us, which isn't necessarily a good thing? Yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, the, the thing I like about Harry McCurdy is I think it, it kind of relates to what Tom said there, um, where we're not going to go out and spend a load of money on a striker that's going to play back up to Jaden Stockley. But with McCurdy, he can obviously play out wide and through the middle. So it's that sort of the mixture of being able to, to do both. You know, he was effective from both positions last season for Swindon. Remains to be seen, obviously, you know, before last season, he, he hadn't really pulled too many trees up um but I thought he was outstanding last year and whether that's down to Ben Garner getting the best out of him or it's just down to like you say the one season wonder syndrome um remains to be seen but I mean it, it wouldn't be someone that I would I'd turn my nose up at if they were to come through the door I think he would definitely bring something um but it's very difficult with with obviously that position um I've got big fears about up front to be honest especially after letting uh, Josh Davis and go you know we we left left ourselves even shorter um Chucks obviously there's injury concerns every season uh, and we've you know we're one game in and there's already he's already missing um which is a shame because I think that on his day and when he's fit he's very dangerous for us and obviously a real impact player as well which has been proven you know, seasons before coming off the bench and contributing and scoring goals. But we do need people that can fill in. I think the depth for me is very important at this level. You have to have, if you do lose, you know, a Jaden Stockley to injury like we did last season or, or you lose uh, a Corey Blackett-Taylor, uh, like you need to have people that, that are uh, as good or in close in ability that can come in and, and make an impact as well. I mean, I think out wide we look fairly comfortable and I would like to see someone else come in I know this uh the Raksaki um youngster at Crystal Palace has been has been linked with a loan could be something that would be likely to happen being a loan um but it remains to be seen what happens with Charlie Kirk too but that's something that I wouldn't really want to develop I'd quite like Charlie Kirk to stay because I think that he he suits this system more um than obviously the system that was played under under Nigel, which I know was similar, but he just didn't seem to get going under Nigel. And then obviously Johnny um, with the five at the back or whatever we wanted to call it, it didn't really suit him either. So it could be a real opportunity for Charlie Kirk to sort of kickstart his career again, especially here because he came with so much sort of promise. Um, you know, I'd like to see him given a shot here, but one position that we didn't touch on would be centre half. Cause I think that although we've got, you know, we've got Sam Lavelle, um, Owen O'Connell and Ryan Innes. I don't think any of those are left-footed. And I'm, I'm, after watching us on Saturday, I'm, I'm quite concerned about not having a left-footed centre-half because especially playing this sort of playing out from the back and possession-based football with Owen being right-footed and playing on the left-hand side, he had to take that extra touch every time he wanted to go back to the goalkeeper. 
and that was bringing on more pressure. So whether we bring in somebody that's naturally left-footed, obviously losing Piercy because of retirement um, and Akin obviously leaving, we haven't got anyone um, left-footed in, in central defence. So it would be interesting to see if that's a position we look at as well because I've got some concerns there. Oh, lovely segue into our next item then because uh, Jason Pierce is being commemorated uh, on Saturday at the Valley being paid tribute to uh, after hanging up his boots in the summer. Um, just shy of 600 appearances uh, for, for all these clubs. Obviously, uh, was it five or six years he spent with us? Uh, in the end, uh, captaining us uh, 175 times, promoted uh, to the championship, lifting the league one playoff uh, trophy in uh, 2019 as well. I don't know... It, we spoke to him. It was it was too Charlton live actually. He revealed that he hadn't been offered a new deal, uh, playing wise at the club, and uh, we we could see when, when when I interviewed him that night at the Player of the Year dinner how disappointed he was. But he did have this uh, coaching offer on the table, one that he in in the end he's decided to take up. I think he did have clubs elsewhere that, that would have been interested as well. But you don't know how far down the pyramid that it was, and do you go and play one two years elsewhere to to give up the 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 step up into your next role as well but um in terms of Saturday a great servant for the club you know he had his uh had his knockers at times I'd guess Tom uh, and at times fairly so but I think overall he is certainly more more positive than negative uh, during his time with us and and even last season I mean when when we went away to Rotherham when a one one nil he put in a proper PSC away day performance and the sort of thing you just you just enjoy to see a proper old fashioned centre half performance chucked in with a little bit of play acting and diving. I was going to say yeah, proper old school centre back. Uh, yeah, knew how to do the dirty side of the game, didn't he? I don't know how many times I used to see him go down with cramp uh, eighty nine minutes when uh, when we were winning, but randomly never got that cramp when we were behind. So uh, yeah, I, I think a brilliant servant for the club, someone who has been at the club through a lot of difficult times um, and also had the difficult task of taking the captaincy off, off Johnny Jackson as well, which uh, no mean feat, obviously, with the the club legend that, that Jacko became. So I, I think he's been brilliant for us overall. I think he, he's really surprised me the last couple of years because when we got promoted into the championship under Boya uh, several times that season, I thought that would be it for him. It looked like his legs had gone and and maybe that was just a step up too far, but we came back down to League One, obviously disappointingly. But I think he really kind of refound his form in League One in the last couple of years. He's he's looked a lot more improved again, and yeah, he's uh, he's someone who's done a lot for us. I know he's brilliant around the club as well, so it's not just on the pitch. He really gets what it means to be a, a captain, um, and I think he should go down as somebody. Uh, very important in the club's history, you know. Um, obviously lifted the trophy at Wembley as well. Let's not forget that. Uh, although I think possibly solid club captain at the time. But uh, obviously on the playing side, it was it was PSC. Obviously came into that game, didn't he, after Naby Sarr had had a, a tough first half, to say the least. So, yeah, uh, he's somebody that, you know, I've had my ups and downs with in terms of, of what I think of him on the pitch. But ultimately, as you just said there, I think definitely more positives than negatives. And... Yeah, deserves that that uh, accolade at the weekend, not just for his work at Charlton, but his work at all of his clubs, because that's a uh, one hell of a career. And uh, let's hope that in a few years' time, we'll be seeing a a batch of trainee centre backs or academy centre backs going down with cramp when we're when we're one nil up, and that will show that his legacy has lived on. 
Certainly will. Now, one man who uh, has made a step up in his career, Anthony Hayes, has been uh, uh, promoted to the uh, first-team coach role. Uh, we've seen him, obviously, operating in, in the academy for a number of years, a very successful uh, academy coach. Um, and, yeah, no, no surprises, really, to see to see him make the step up. You know, Ben Garner spoke about how he wanted to look elsewhere, but then was advised uh, to, to see what was in the building in terms of Anthony and, and has decided to, to, to go with Anthony. I mean, great great news for him. First of all, Anthony Hayes, get, get, get Anthony Hayes getting that getting that role because he has. It's always good to see someone uh, progressing in his career. Oh, definitely. I think it's a great acquisition for us and a, and a real coup for Ben Garner because obviously Ben is somebody that has experience within the academy setup at, at Crystal Palace and and working with young players. So I think he'll bounce well off of off of Anthony. I think that that that's a really good. Um, decision from us really to give him that opportunity especially with some of the young players being given opportunities now within the first team I think he'll work well as that sort of passage between um, so yeah I, I mean it's a really really good appointment for us I've, I've watched his his academy sides over the years and you know they play great football um, and we just you know it's another testament for the fantastic talent that we bring through you know that's not that doesn't come from nothing that comes from these managers and these coaches that put the hard work in and and mentor them and, and Anthony no doubt is one of those so yeah I'm really 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 pleased to see him given the opportunity to step up into the first team setup um, and yeah I, w- I wish him all the best in the role I think it, we're really really lucky to have someone like him at the club yeah I guess um, obviously Ben Garner was able to bring um, you know Scott Marshall across from Swindon as well so he he does have one of his own guys with him uh, you know Scott Lindsay ended up staying on at Swindon and becoming the manager there so it's probably it probably helps as well that he's got someone he's worked with before, but then also the, the likes of Glenn Schimmel, the, goal, the goalie coach, and, and now um, Anthony making a step up. It's probably some new ideas to throw into the mix as well. Yeah, I think you always want an element of consistency. I know there was a bit of a, a clean sweep over the summer, but you, you want some of the same faces there. Um, and yeah, I think hopefully we've got a nice mix of both. Uh, you know, Ben Garner is also going to want, as you just said, to bring some of his own people as well. And I think Hayes has been with us for, for long enough now. He knows the the inner workings of the club that I think, as as uh, Lewis said, he'll be a good conduit just generally around the club from the youth all the way up to the top. But he's now got to kind of do like Jason Yule did and try and step slightly away from that and, and focus on that first team now. Um, but I think there's a nice mix there. And they're a young group as well, which is... Um, which bodes well because if we can sort of do things under them, you know, they're all learning together and yeah, hopefully they can, they can gel because I think the best uh, sort of development or the best times we've had particularly recently has been when that, uh, that coaching staff have also been a good unit. You think of Powell and, and Dyer, or you think of Boyer and Jacko, you know, they, they were players or sorry, managers and coaches who all performed a role uh, at that time. So if, if we can get something, similar going here then yeah it could be quite exciting lovely stuff right let's turn our attention back then to saturday's home game uh, with derby county at the valley now i spoke to Corey hancock uh, from the rounds review podcast uh, during the week to find out a little bit more uh, from a, a Rams point of view. Now, don't be alarmed. He is American. That was uh, not what I was expecting when I called him up, but he's uh, based out in Virginia. Uh, I think his dad had uh, links to the club as well. So a really good chat, really well 
uh, knowledged as well when it when it comes to Derby County. So I asked Corey, uh, are the Derby fans expectant uh, coming into this League One season? Uh, yes and no. I think it'll be a bit of a mixed bag. Obviously, we got off to a great start and got the first um, first uh, win under the belt and the first three points of the new era. I think which was absolutely crucial for this football club after everything we've been through um, over the past uh, eighteen months and two years. Um, was to start this new era off with a win. We got it, but you know um, we played we played well in parts against an Oxford team that has done well in League One over the past several years. That has a really good manager in Carl Robinson. But you know this is this is the EFL, and if the championship was unpredictable, League One is especially going to be unpredictable. Um, knowing from you guys, obviously you guys were in the Premier League. You guys have been in League One now a few years as well, so you're, you're going to know um, how tough it is to get out of this division. So. Solid start, uh, cautiously optimistic, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here, Louie, and, and say, we're going to, you know, cakewalk the league. Let's get the, uh, let's get the the parade going down, um, down in, in Derby, but um, good solid start to the season. Obviously I'd love to get three points on the board and move on from there, but um, just got to keep taking each game as it comes and hopefully get on a little bit of a run here um, because mm. that momentum will hopefully build confidence and, and hopefully make this squad gel a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, uh, you seem quite pragmatic then about your chances. Do you think most Derby fans are coming into this league almost uh, knowing what to expect? Because you do see a lot of bigger clubs come down into League One. Like As as you've mentioned, we've been down here for a long time now and the likes of Ipswich last couple of years seem to, it it almost takes them by shock how difficult this division can be. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag from Derby fans. I think with the with the transfer business that we've done uh, this off season, this close season, um, bringing in the the likes of Carl Hurahan, Connor Hurahan, and um, David McGoldrick and James Chester, right, just to name a few of them, um, we've had really really good quality into the squad, and I think that's really made um, people's ambitions go a lot higher. But when you look at the quality of signings that we've made, and we've made I think like 12, 12 13 odd signings now but there's still not a lot of depth to this squad. So it is going to be a bit of a long slog. And like you say, there's been some big clubs down there. I know we were talked to our friends um, uh, over one of the Sunderland podcasts and they just said like, sometimes you just play in these teams with players that might never play in a stadium that holds 30,000. Right. And they just, all they want to do is give you the big one. And, and then as long as they give you the big one and they're running around, like the world's come to an end because they're playing in front of these big crowds. And so it'll be an interesting experience. Um, I hope that Derby's not down uh, in league one for too long. I hope that we are able to get out of the division. Um, but again, like I said, cautiously optimistic on, you know, we want to make sure that everything we've been through over the last 18 months, that it's just the most important thing is we have a football club to support. Obviously we want to support them in the championship of the premier league as, as you do as a Charlton fan as well. Um, but I think it's just, if we could have a nice season of just worrying about matters on the field, rather than worrying about football finance and amortization and who's going to, you know, own the football club and who's are we even going to have a football club next week or something like that, I think is the most important thing, but I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. You'll find Derby fans that think we'll cakewalk this league. And then you'll find ones that are a little bit more pragmatic that think, it's it's you know Cheltenham Town at home and away seems like oh you look in your chops you're like it's Cheltenham Town and no disrespect to them or Forest Green Rovers and then you go there and they're thrashing you like four nil and it's just I, I can assume that's not going to be fun and hopefully you don't experience it but I can just imagine if that happens yeah. it's not fun. Yeah, with Cheltenham took four points off us last season so I can assure you it wasn't <laughs> that much fun. I mean just just I mean you mentioned obviously the the off the field problems uh, you know in in terms of the football management side obviously we saw that ended up with a change in manager with Wayne Rooney uh, leaving but perhaps. Uh, Perhaps for Charlton fans who haven't been following the Derby story quite as closely, can you just sort of sum up what's happened over the last few years and, and where the club are now that 
finally some progress needs to be made. Yeah, for sure. Um, try to give you the, the, the kind of the short version of it because it's a really long saga. But um, essentially what Derby did is they broke FFP rules. They had overspent on players. Our player trading was atrocious for some period of time. I think we spent like 72 million pounds on players, recouped literally nothing. Yeah, 72 million spent, recouped zero because they come to Derby and they have absolutely no value. Um, so the EFL came knocking. We broke FFP. They um, docked us uh, nine points. They docked us nine points for FFP violations. Um, and then there was an issue with selling the stadium and all that jazz, and that got worked out. And then what happened last September, uh, we knew that the owner wanted to, to sell the club. He had been trying to sell it for, for a while, um, since about October of 2020. And then in, uh, no, yeah, October of 2020. Um, and then October of September of 2021, he filed for administration. So that was minus 12. So we got the negative 21 points and we fought really hard last year. We were still in with a chance of staying up until like the last week of March, which is, it, it sounds ridiculous that you'd even be in a fight after having 21 points taken off that we were still in with a chance of staying up. And we thought at one point we were going to stay up. Ultimately we didn't. Um, we weren't able to register new players when Rooney had last season, we had like five players through the door. We only had four players this season under contract, um, to start, but we brought some, some players in and, um, we had some false starts with the takeover. We had a couple people that one guy wanted to buy it and he posted his house on TikTok, and that's air quotes for the podcast. All right. It was actually just a fake TikTok house. That wasn't actually mm. his. I think this um, guy was involved with one of our former guys as well. Matt Southall, who's, um, yeah. Shady character, and I'd suggest you you uh, dodged a bullet there. And he's sniffing around Birmingham City now, so so let's hope yeah. they dodge that bullet as well. Yeah, and then we had uh, American Chris Kirchner wanted to come in and buy the club. Was named preferred bidder after walking away originally. He was doing some shady stuff. He's been since removed from his company uh, here in America because he's not paid the wages in three months, and actually found out he has no money. So we dodged a big bullet on there. But David Clones has come in, local businessman. Um, and he's purchased the club and kind of saved them. He owns the stadium as well. So those two units are back together, owned by the same holding company. So um, good time to be a Derby County fan because, you know, it's this new era. It's always exciting when you get new ownership. And then everything that we've been through with thinking that this club was going to go out of business for such a long period of time. Um, literally, you just wake up in the morning. And um, for me, you know, being being so many hours behind you, five hours behind you, you'd wake up and you try to catch up on all the news and your just, your gut just sinks when you wake up in the morning, knowing that you might not have something that is part of your identity and something that you love um, and cherish so dearly and it might not exist. And then eventually, you know, um, we did have a buyer come in and, and the future of the club is secure. So um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much sort of, it's been pretty awful on the pitch last year. Wasn't great, but um, we had, we had a lot of fight and a lot of heart um, in that group, in that dressing room. And, you know, obviously, uh, Wayne Rooney walks away. We've got interim manager Liam Rossini, who's been there, who's been a holdover as a, Rooney's assistant, and then before him, Philip Kaku, who's one of Philip Kaku's assistants. So, you know, hopefully Liam is is the man to take it forward. He's always been considered a bright young coach um, in the in the game. Um, so he'll get his he'll get his opportunity as interim manager uh, to do that. And I think that's a smart move from the club because, you know, let's see how it goes. If he wins first, if he wins four or five games, give him the job full time. If he if he misses his opportunity and blows it, there'll be other people waiting in the wings to take that job. Yeah, is there a confidence that, that he is the man to do it? And I guess there is a, a bit of relief that he is there to sort of continue Wayne Rooney's legacy because it did seem like he was quite popular with the Derby fans just despite obviously the hardship of last season. Yeah, Rooney was a really, really popular figure and I think it just leaves a bitter taste in your mouth the way that he kind of left and the way that he kind of walked out because he left on the Friday before preseason started and 
all the plans and every, all the signs he was thinking was all, oh, I'm going to rebuild this football club. And then he buggers off to the club up the road from me, DC United. Um, weird, weird, odd, just weird on so many levels. Um, but I think it is good. Like you say, Louis, that um, Liam senior was kind of there and that we were able to just kind of slide that in because it's somebody who knows the football club. It's someone who knows the pain that we've been through over the last, you know, eight, 12, 18 months. But it's also somebody who, you know, like I have mentioned before, is considered a bright young coach, is considered somebody who um, has a mind for the game, who lives and breathes football. Um, So I think when you marry up, you know, he's been at the football club, he knows what we've been through, but he also is very talented and gets the opportunity to do his job on his own. And, um, you know, for someone like Liam Rossinier to get a first job at a a club like Derby, whether it be in League One or whatever, Derby's a big club. Um, is going to be a massive good uh, a massive thing for him. So for him to be able to have this opportunity to get a to get the managerial job at Derby would be fantastic. So we're hopefully going to get the best out of him. Mm. So just looking ahead to Saturday, then finally, obviously Derby's first trip down to the Valley for for a number of years now, actually. But who are the players that the Chomp fans should be wary of? You've had a whole host of, of new faces in the building. Have any of them sort of stood out that you think could be the key men on Saturday? Yeah, for sure. I think um, you have to look at the goal scorer, Connor Harahan, um, uh, in midfield. Uh, we know what he can bring. He's playing in the Premier League a couple of years ago for Aston Villa. Um, top quality player, great goal at the weekend, obviously got the winner. So he's going to be he's going to be key in that engine room um, for Derby. But I think the two wide players are two players that really stand out. Tom Barkhausen and Nathaniel Mendes Lang. Uh, Mendes Lang, obviously, pace merchant, got a bit of skill, got a good shot on him. He's going to he's going to cause some problems um, with his pace. And Barkhausen was a quality championship player for Preston last season um, and just wanted to go in a different direction. So I think them two out wide feeding the new striker, James Collins, who, while not the paciest player, um, knows League One, has played in League One before and has scored a lot of goals in League One, um, I think will 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 uh, cause cause some issues. And I think the one player that, uh, that uh, you know, the addicts should look out for, the fans in the, in the Valley, um, they need to look out for vice captain Max Bird. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's really emerged over the last couple of seasons as a key cog for Derby. Uh, when he first played, we, he, he, we got smashed by Villa 4 and we thought that was kind of the end of Max Birdie and an atrocious time, but he's kind of rebuilt his career. Um, and he's, and he's a key cog in the, uh, in the engine room as well. Um, and it's also interesting to see how they deploy uh, midfielder, Corey Smith, who we signed from Swansea on a free transfer, uh, normally a holding midfielder played a little bit, seemingly seemed a little bit more advanced, um, at the weekend. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Corey Smith uh, progresses um, because he is the one that leads the press for Derby uh, defensively. There we go. Excellent stuff from from Corey. Uh, absolute pleasure to, to speak to someone so knowledgeable uh, about Derby County as well. Watching uh, from afar, but he does get so gets over to the odd game as well uh, when he can as well. Uh, but watches all, all the rest of the games on on the EFL player or wherever they have uh, the equivalent uh, up there in Derby. Um, I, I asked him about underestimating League One because I think. Lewis, there's been some teams that come down into this league and, and we can probably include ourselves to an extent maybe when we first came down 10 years ago or so. Uh, but look at Ipswich, look at you know, Sheffield United were down there for a long time. I mean, it can be a real shock to the system when you go and play a lot of the teams at this level and and an eye-opener. And, and that's what, particularly Ipswich last season or season before. Um, I, I think I, I think there will be a danger that that could happen for, for Derby County. And... Um, it would be very interesting to see how they feel when they come to the Valley on Saturday in that regard. Yeah, definitely. And I think that they, they'll they feel the effects of it a lot more than, than Peterborough and Barnsley because I think they've been there more recently. They know sort of what it takes. And Peterborough can probably be sort of labelled as a bit of a yo-yo between the two divisions. And Barnsley were down recently 
you know, they, they came up the season that we did. So they've, you know, they've been here before. They've seen it. I, Derby have obviously been out of this division for a long time. Um, and some of those smaller clubs, I mean, I mean, us included, really, we'll see Derby as a scout that we'll want to take because no one wants to give these these championship clubs that have come down an easy ride. And I think that Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, us, Ipswich, you know, we've all felt the effects of that because people do sort of change their approach and they do change the way they play to try and contain us. And it, it becomes frustrating and then they use that frustration to counter and then and we find ourselves on the back foot and we do struggle. And, and Derby, they do need to be careful. You know, they've obviously made some fantastic signings at this level, um, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, but so did Ipswich. You know, Ipswich spent a hell of a lot of money last summer um, probably one of the best squads in the division, but they didn't do it. Sheffield Wednesday, they got in the playoffs, but they didn't didn't get over the line. Sunderland were down here for what four or five years. They've only just escaped. You know, it is a very difficult division to get out of. And Derby, obviously, going through transition as well. There's that added sort of pressure. Whether their fans expect them to bounce straight back up, or whether they're sort of you know consolidating and thinking of like let's just stabilise under some new ownership and, and make a go of it. You know, naturally, whether that that's their approach or not I don't know it'd be interesting to see what the fans of Derby's um, expectations were for the season ahead but yeah I'd, I'd like I said earlier you, you can't come into this division and expect an easy ride you know regardless of where you come from it, it, it's not possible there are some really good sides in this division now I think I said on Sunday that when you look at the top six a few seasons ago you'd probably look at six clubs and think that they were nailed on but now you look at the league table and you think sort of any of maybe 12 or 14 clubs could be in with a shout of the top six. But yeah, good division, and, and they do need to take that into account. Lovely stuff. Right, let's have a look at a couple of tweets that have come in uh, just for the end of the show. Alan says, I'd like to see Charlie Kirk in for DJ uh, on the left wing and Corey Blackett-Taylor on the right wing. Kirk's crossing ability for Jaden uh, will be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, just quickly, Lewis, how, how did Charlie get on when he came on up at, up at Accrington? Yeah, he, he did okay. He looked, he looked fairly sharp. He had a couple of runs um, in from the left-hand side. Um, you know, it's just great to see him back in a Charlton shirt because he obviously hasn't had the start to his Charlton crew, wanted, went out on loan last season. And as I said earlier, I think he could have a future here under Ben Garner. So it's just about, you know, putting in the performances when he's given the opportunities. And, you know, hopefully he does stay, um, as I said earlier, and, and he can make an impact this season. But yeah, some some good signs from him on Saturday. And I thought he had a fairly good pre-season too. Mm. And uh, we've got a tweet in from Broken Pillows. It says, uh, the... the uh... I said, what would you like to see change for Saturday? Uh, and they said cheaper Saturday sale tickets. Obviously, we know now that the uh, the prices go up, as they always have for, for a while um, before kickoff. Uh, I think a couple of days before kickoff now. But, I mean, the, the, the ticket prices were something that people spoke a lot about during the summer because the, the, the match day prices in certain stands are really, really quite a lot now. Um, Tom and, and it does it will be really fascinating to see where our crowd sort of levels off on Saturday bearing in mind that Derby are bringing the best part of uh, well, over 3,000 by the sounds of it but that that pricing policy added to the, the football we've seen over the last few years doesn't necessarily make for a big crowd I don't think this team have earned a big crowd at this stage and, and by this team obviously I don't mean the team that have just played one game but over the last year or so if you've got people kind of hesitating about coming or not I don't think they're going to want to come when you combine that with the the high ticket prices in certain areas and the obviously awful cost of living crisis that we've got at the moment I know we're not a politics podcast but obviously a huge factor in it as well you know some people just aren't going to be able to afford to come to football this year Um, so I think that that does make it difficult we're 
you know, quick to call out other teams. I know Ipswich in particular at this level always seem to charge a lot and, and I know they're not the only ones, but when there is a team that we go away to and we pay upwards of £30, you know, we're very quick to point that out. And I, I think we have to do the same here. You have to hope that, you know, I don't think they're necessarily going to change anything mid-season unless there's, a, you know, a massive drop-off in crowds, but hopefully there will be initiatives. I know as your season ticket, you're going to get the offer of a few free tickets and, I'm sure there will be initiatives like Football for a Fiver that can try and drum up crowds in certain games. But ultimately, if by the end of the season, the product hasn't been good enough and the the crowds haven't been good, then Thomas will have to look at that with his commercial team and think about adjusting that. So, yeah, I guess at this stage, all you can do is, is raise awareness of it like we're doing here. So appreciate the, the tweet that came in. And uh, there's avenues like the, the Fans Forum and the Fan Advisor where people can get in touch to get these raised at at club level as well so I suppose that's that's all we can do now and and see how it goes but uh yeah it is in some areas extortionate for sure for for the Mm. level of football we're seeing yeah it should be free Uh, right (laughs) that's uh uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this week's show. So uh, looking forward to seeing everyone back at the Valley uh, on Saturday. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out for our chaps who will be uh, in the fans bar or in the Oak or somewhere after the game as well to grab some post-match uh, reaction. I might see you in the Valley Calf if you're in there early as well. Um, right, thanks to those of you who've tuned in uh, this week and uh, got involved with sending your messages. Thank you, Tom and Lewis. Good to speak to you. Cheers, lads. Cheers, mate. Always an absolute pleasure. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday. Don't forget to look back at whatever happens uh, against Derby. Let's hope it'll be our first three points of the season. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.